Chapter Six of Therese Raquin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Therese Raquin by Emile Zola, translated by Ernest Alfred Vizetelli. Chapter Six. Henceforth, Laurent called almost every evening on the Raquins. He lived in the Rue Saint-Victor, opposite the Court aux Vignes, where he rented a small furnished room at eighteen francs a month. This attic, pierced at the top by a lift-up window, measured barely nine square yards, and Laurent was in the habit of going home as late as possible at night. Previous to his meeting with Camille, the state of his purse not permitting him to idle away his time in the cafés, he loitered at the cheap eating-houses where he took his dinner smoking his pipe and sipping his coffee and brandy which cost him three sous then he slowly gained the rue saint victor sauntering along the quays where he seated himself on the benches in mild weather the shop in the arcade of the pont neuf became a charming retreat warm and quiet where he found amicable conversation and attention he saved the three sous his coffee and brandy cost him and gluttonously swallowed the excellent tea prepared by madame raquin he remained there until ten o'clock dozing and digesting as if he were at home and before taking his departure assisted camille to put up the shutters and close the shop for the night one evening he came with his easel and box of colours he was to commence the portrait of camille on the morrow a canvas was purchased minute preparations made and the artist at last took the work in hand in the room occupied by the married couple where laurent said the light was the best he took three evenings to draw the head he carefully trailed the charcoal over the canvas with short sorry strokes his rigid cold drawing recalling in a grotesque fashion that of the primitive masters he copied the face of camille with a hesitating hand as a pupil copies an academical figure with a clumsy exactitude that conveyed a scowl to the face on the fourth day he placed tiny little dabs of colour on his palette and commenced painting with the point of the brush he then dotted the canvas with small dirty spots and made short strokes altogether as if he had been using a pencil at the end of each sitting madame raquin and camille were in ecstasies but Lawrence said they must wait, that the resemblance would soon come. Since the portrait had been commenced, Therese no longer quitted the room, which had been transformed into a studio. Leaving her aunt alone behind the counter, she ran upstairs at the least pretext, and forgot herself watching Laurent paint. Still grave and oppressed, paler and more silent, she sat down and observed the labour of the brushes but this sight did not seem to amuse her very much. She came to the spot as though attracted by some power, and she remained as if riveted there. Laurent at times turned round, with a smile, inquiring whether the portrait pleased her. But she barely answered, a shiver ran through her frame, and she resumed her meditative trance. Laurent, returning at night to the Rue Saint-Victor, reasoned with himself at length, discussing in his mind, whether he should become the lover of Therese or not. "'Here is a little woman,' said he to himself, "'who will be my sweetheart whenever I choose.' 
she is always there behind my back examining measuring me summing me up she trembles she has a strange face that is mute and yet impassioned what a miserable creature that camille is to be sure and laurent inwardly laughed as he thought of his pale thin friend then he resumed she is bored to death in that shop i go there because i have nowhere else to go to otherwise they would not often catch me in the arcade of the pont neuf it is damp and sad a woman must be weary to death there i please her i am sure of it then why not me rather than another he stopped self-conceit was getting the better of him absorbed in thought he watched the seine running by anyhow come what may he exclaimed i shall kiss her at the first opportunity i bet she falls at once into my arms as he resumed his walk he was seized with indecision but she is ugly thought he she has a long nose and a big mouth besides i have not the least love for her i shall perhaps get myself into trouble the matter requires reflection laurent who was very prudent turned these thoughts over in his head for a whole week he calculated all the possible inconveniences of an intrigue with therese and only decided to attempt the adventure when he felt convinced that it could be attended by no evil consequences therese would have every interest to conceal their intimacy and he could get rid of her whenever he pleased even admitting that camille discovered everything and got angry he would knock him down if he became spiteful from every point of view that matter appeared to laurent easy and engaging henceforth he enjoyed gentle quietude waiting for the hour to strike he had made up his mind to act boldly at the first opportunity in the future he saw comfortable evenings with all the raquins contributing to his enjoyment therese giving him her love madame raquin wheedling him like a mother and camille chatting with him so that he might not feel too dull at night in the shop the portrait was almost completed but the opportunity he desired did not occur therese depressed and anxious continued to remain in the room but so did camille and laurent was in despair at being unable to get rid of him nevertheless the time came when he found himself obliged to mention that the portrait would be finished on the morrow and madame raquin thereupon announced that they would celebrate the completion of the work of the artist by dining together the next day when laurent had given the canvas the last touch all the family assembled to go into raptures over the striking resemblance the portrait was vile a dirty grey colour with large violescent patches laurent could not use even the brightest colours without making them dull and muddy in spite of himself he had exaggerated the wan complexion of his model and the countenance of camille resembled the greenish visage of a person who had met death by drowning the grimacing drawing through the features into convulsions thus rendering the sinister resemblance all the more striking but camille was delighted he declared that he had the appearance of a person of distinction on the canvas when he had thoroughly admired his own face he declared he would go and fetch a couple of bottles of champagne madame raquin went down to the shop and the artist was alone with therese the young woman had remained seated gazing vaguely in front of her laurent hesitated he examined the portrait and played with his brushes there was not much time to lose camille might come back and the opportunity would perhaps not occur again 
the painter abruptly turned round and found himself face to face with Thérèse. They contemplated one another for a few seconds. Then, with a violent movement, Laurent bent down and pressed the young woman to him. Throwing back her head, he crushed her mouth beneath his lips. She made a savage, angry effort at revolt, and then all at once gave in. They exchanged not a word. The act was silent and brutal. End of chapter 6